This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I am apparently a curse. Yes, we're going to get into that in just a second. That is Ryan Bonaparte, Purdue victorious against Illinois, 44-19. to uh, First win in Ross-Aid this year. Purdue now sits at 2-3, and three, and that is, of course, head coach Ryan Walter's first Big Ten win. So Ooh. we might as well just get right into it, Ryan. Um we need to talk about whether you're still employed by both this podcast and Hammer and Rails as uh, a general organization because uh, you were not at the game this weekend, correct? Correct. Yep. I couldn't make it to the game this weekend, and, and apparently good things happened. Before we get into the fact that you weren't there, why weren't you there? Oh, yeah. Well, see, my car, um, it is under recall, so... Um, need some work done. Right, but what specifically is under recall? My steering wheel. <laughs> Pretty important so, little piece. Yeah. Apparently it's held on by a single bolt, and this bolt can loosen, and the entire steering wheel can come off. I, like, just imagine you're going down the road, and you're like, oh man, I need to get out of the way, because this guy in front of me is has swerved into my lane. And then you grab your steering wheel, turn hard to the right, and your steering wheel comes off in your hands. Like, what do you even do? You gotta hope your like brakes are working just fine. Yeah, it, it sounds like a Looney Tunes It thing. does, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, I have to take care of that. So, yeah. yeah. That's one of those immediate things. Yeah, yeah, that's not like... So, for instance, there's a recall out on my car right now. Uh, that I went to go get looked at, but they didn't have the parts uh, to fix it mm. at the time, so I have to go back. But it is literally the floor mats can come loose and it theoretically could get stuck under the brake and prevent my car from braking. Ah, But yeah. the, the okay. odds of that, let's be honest, pretty low. Um, right. So I, I'm not too terribly worried about that. But if they were like, yeah, your steering wheel could fall off at any moment, that I'd probably get fixed yeah, as you said, that that is that's something you fix as soon as possible. Yeah, um, and it's one of several recalls that are on this vehicle. <laughs> like, sounds like you might own you know. a lemon, Ryan. Oh well, no, it's been pretty good. Nothing is actually broke at this point yet. It's just several things can break. Okay, and yeah, in theory they could. So at right. least you're getting them taken care of. So. You are not at the game. This is the first home Purdue football game. You have not been in attendance this year. It is also yep. the first game that Purdue has won at home this year. Mm-hmm. You, of course, were at the bowl game last year when Purdue lost. Mm-hmm. You were at the most recent tournament loss 
mm-hmm. for men's basketball. Big Ten Championship. Big Ten Championship. You saw victory. Football. Oh yeah, football. And we yeah, but you weren't covering it for football. Right, but I was there. You were just there. So, really, we've we've uh, seen a, just a few victories during your time covering Purdue, and it was in the Big mm-hmm. Ten basketball tournament. So, I mean, I guess we can say you know we've won a championship with you in attendance, but. Oh man, it it does seem rather sketchy that you couldn't go and then Purdue suddenly finds them in this game against Illinois. Yeah, um, I think it's clear that should I be going to games, Purdue should put me either courtside or on the field. It you know because it worked for the Big Ten championship for okay. basketball. Yeah, it, it's the only deduction I can make. Got it. Got it. It's got to be proximity to the court or the right. you know the feet in football's case. Yeah. But okay, you know what. I think we can make that work. We'll see what we can do. But, man, it, it's, it, things are stacking up against you at this point. Yeah, and I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, which who we talked about that Bears-Broncos game uh, on the last episode, talking about how it was going to be a very bad game. And then, sure enough, the Bears find a way to blow it. Oh, man, it's, it's got to be tough being a Bears fan, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Of course, of course, my Reds found a way to blow it and not make the playoffs by losing three games that they were winning in the seventh inning, I believe, or later in the last ten games. So, you know, just all around great sports here. But So we're going to talk about the Purdue game in the second half of the podcast. Today we're going to kind of look around the Big Ten and also talk about some NFL things that were Purdue-related. So first, right off the bat, Aiden O'Connell, starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. was What a shock. Uh, I mean... You can go with Brian Hoyer as your backup, or you can go Aiden O'Connell. One's got a killer mustache, one does not. Yeah. I think the choice was clear. Yeah, exactly. You always go with the mustache when possible. He he did not get the win uh, for the Raiders. I actually I put 10 bucks on the Raiders to win once mm. I saw Garoppolo was out, because I was like, I know they're going to start O'Connell. This was like on Wednesday. I was like, I know right. they're going to start O'Connell, and I just want to, just for fun... I'm going to put 10 bucks on it to see if uh, he's going to come out a winner. But unfortunately, they fall 24 to 17. Um, O'Connell mm-hmm. did He did okay. Uh, got a terrible offensive line there in Vegas. Wound up on his back seven times for a loss of 50 yards. So that is a tough way to uh, have your game day go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he definitely made friends with both his checkdown for Josh <laughs> Jacobs yeah. and Devontae Adams, which those are the two guys you want to be friends with and throw the ball to. Right. Uh, say what you will, Aiden O'Connell, still a rookie quarterback, and we saw how bad his offensive line is. There's a reason he got sacked seven times. Yeah. He fumbled three times during those sacks, and um, it – was a rough day but he held in and he almost made it to uh comeback it yeah. was 17 24 and they were driving down you know he threw an interception it happens but um you know you were not expected to win and you came pretty close to a chargers team that has a pretty good offense in all honesty yeah Plus, yeah. he ran a touchdown in, yes, which, of course, he was the first Raider this season with a rushing touchdown. Because, of course. Yeah. I uh, I, I asked uh, our followers on if anybody knew there were odds out there in Aiden Oak anytime touch. They said one of one of our uh, followers, who's a degenerative game, uh, said he had looked. 
and there, there was no action on Aiden touchdown score he looked at. So nobody in Vegas even thought it was possible, but Aiden O'Connell runs in a touchdown. Um, overall, wow. 24 of 39 for 238 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. As we said, sacked seven times for 50 yards. So, I mean, not a great day, but overall, I mean, he did everything he could with, with a Raiders team that has a lot of flaws. So it'll be interesting yep. to see what they do. Um, Garoppolo has not gotten out of concussion protocol, but we will see um, if he does throughout the week and uh, what they do with O'Connell, whether they'll keep him at number two or make him inactive once again. Yeah, for sure. So, So, I mean, it's good day for Boilers. Yeah, exactly. Good day. Um, So looking around the rest of the Big Ten, I know there there are at least two things I wanted to. um, Mm -hmm. IU absolutely gets trounced, and... What did they do today, Ryan, to remedy that situation, you know, to make things a little bit better going forward? They did what I would like the Chicago Bears to do and fired their offensive coordinator. So what, what do we that, know that about, happens? What do we know about their offensive coordinator? I could not name him. If you gave me if you gave me five names to pick from, I don't think I could pick out their offensive. Yeah, I believe it's uh, Bell. Um, I don't know his first name. I'll be honest. Sure. I just saw. Um, is uh, I saw it on Twitter today. Walt Bell, there which you go. just sounds like a Western guy. Um, yeah, he he was fired. He was the offensive coordinator. But leave it to Indiana to fire a guy who had a baby within the last month too. Oof. Yeah, Oof. found that out on the Twitter today too. Uh, breaking news: Taylor Swift uh, is drinking some sort of red drink at the Chiefs Jets game. What color is her lipstick though? I didn't pay any attention. I just happened to look up as she was drinking a red drink of uh, Swifties so any, are disappointed. I was gonna say if there's any Swifties out there watching, just know she's drinking something red. So you know it, it's exciting stuff here at the Alert Podcast. But yeah, so this guy had a had a child a month ago. Yep, in, in September. Uh, so actually, September 18th, I want to say wow. was the day. So so two within weeks. the last three weeks, two yeah. weeks, two weeks. Oh man. <sighs> Uh, that's a, and just for those that didn't watch the game, they lost to Maryland, seventeen to forty four. Um, as someone who has a three year old, I'm just imagining if I came home to my wife, two weeks after our son was born, and said, "Jess, I have lost my job." Aww. like what? Like obviously he feels terrible because he lost his job. Uh, clearly wasn't doing a good job, um, in his chosen profession as offensive mm-hmm. coordinator at IU, but then to be able to, to have to come home and tell your spouse that you lost your job uh, just two weeks after having a baby, man, that's that's got to be a tough conversation. His, his head had to have been spinning. Yeah, and I mean, the unfortunate thing is it's not really without merit. I mean, Indiana has struggle offensively season right they are ranked 111th nationally in scoring offense oof which is actually worse than last season when they were 98th in offense oh wow uh walt bell came over last or at the start of this season so he's a new guy and he's lasted a solid five weeks so now their offensive line coach and quality control coach is their offensive coordinator, and we all know that usually goes over really well when the offensive line coach is the coordinator, right? Yeah, I don't see any problems. 
I don't see any problems with the guy who hired him either, who can spit out, you know, seven different renditions of the <laughs> IU fight song after a win in quadruple overtime to Akron. Akron, baby. The uh, Zips. Those mighty Zips. Which is really, honestly, it's a good name, Zips. I always love it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so IU now down an offensive coordinator. I did, they're right now, they're sitting at two and, and, um, it, it is not looking good for them going forward, just say. Yeah. You know, their schedule does not get any easier. Um, I believe next week they have Michigan. Yeah, Michigan on the road is their next game. So, uh, and, and actually they get, a, they get a week off. So they get a bye week. So they're going to Michigan on the 14th of October. And I can't imagine that is going to go well for them. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it will. Um, maybe you play for... Um, a new coach and you know you get a little bit of juice flowing but you're playing Michigan who in my opinion is actually should be number one in the country because apparently Georgia is always unaffected with rankings as long as they win yeah but that's another conversation um so I don't know how well this is gonna go for them uh, I, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna go well I don't think. It's and mind go you, well. Jim Harbaugh is going to be there, so right. you know they're invincible. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, IU's got a rough go of it with the remainder of their schedule right now. As I said, they're two and three, and I've got money on them going under on the season, uh, under three and a half wins. So okay. So any anything that uh, you know the rest of the conference can do to help out would be great, because um, right now only two wins. I've got them under three and a half. Not a huge payout for me. I'm only I only got it at a hundred. I only got it at plus one twenty. So, um, okay. you know, doubling my money, but I will take that. Um, any any time I can win money off IU Miz. I mean, it begs the question: who who on their schedule can they realistically beat moving forward? So I Rutgers just looks good. Yeah. Well, you you mean good as in good to be beaten or going to beat IU? No, okay, so I know Rutgers played an FCS team this That's, week. Yeah. That doesn't count. Yeah. But Rutgers held its ground against some teams and uh, did not get completely throttled by Michigan until the second half. True, true. So I I would have confidence in Rutgers there. You still have to play at Michigan, at Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, at Purdue, That's we'll see. It'll be a toss-up because – Rivalry games are always toss-ups. Right. Michigan State's probably your best bet. Yeah, I mean, maybe Illinois. Um, Illinois, obviously, we'll talk about in the second half. They did not look good against Purdue, but they, they do have talent, and I think they right. have a lot more talent than IU. So, uh, yeah, I think Michigan State is probably their best bet. That one is at Bloomington, but it's not as if there's a huge you know home field advantage for IU. So, I, I don't yeah. know. It's looking rough for the Hoosiers, which we love to see here at the Boiler Alert podcast. Hey, they have a good home field advantage. They have tents in their oh my back God. behind their end zone. That end zone just is so sad. Their party zone or whatever they're calling it. So, oh, all right. Okay, one more thing I wanted to check on in the Big Ten. Uh, you know we love uh, the Iowa contract situation with Brian Ferentz. Uh, how did they do this weekend, and how many of the points were actually offensive? Well, they scored... Um. They, they did not hit their quota offensively. I'll start with that. Okay, for the week. They scored 26 overall. And Seven you, of those were going to count the special teams, however. Right. 
So 19 for those quick math listeners. Yeah. And boy, did they look bad against Iowa or against Michigan State. Yeah, I really thought Michigan State was going to take them. Yeah. And Cade McNamara was on crutches in this game. So there goes your starting quarterback, too. So I don't know the extent of the injury, but uh, I I can't imagine Brian Ferentz getting out of this season and keeping his job, if, if especially if it goes like this. Now, I, I don't know if the contract states offensive points or not. Right. I really don't. But even if it's not – or even if it includes special teams – in defense, they haven't hit their 25 points a game quota either. Um, I want to say they're in the realm of 20, 22. Um, oh, okay. So it, I'm reading about the contract right now. And okay. according to this, it says it doesn't just include points scored by the offense. Defensive and special team points count as well. Okay. Which seems like well, a huge cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, when your uh, father is the head coach, apparently you can uh, manipulate that contract a little bit. But even so, you know, even if you include the special teams and defensive points, Iowa is at 22.2 on the season. Yep. So they're still under that 25-point-a-game average. Yeah. Man. And honestly, it's... Some of these games, they if they score more than twenty, they'll be lucky. So it's it's going to be rough. Yeah, that that zero against Penn State is really dragging down that average. Yeah, absolutely. Who, mind you, is their hardest opponent on the season? Oh, absolutely. So far, I mean, you look at they've played Utah State, Iowa State, Western Michigan, and Michigan State. Uh, so yeah, Penn State stands head and shoulders. Right, and your crossover games are. Rutgers, Michigan State, and Penn State. Like, some of us have to play the two of the big boys. You don't. Yeah, yeah. So, it is not looking good for old Brian, but I gotta tell you, when Daddy's the head coach, uh, you might stick around just at that lower salary. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if you're him, if you're Brian, you gotta think, I... I mean, if you get fired, if Daddy fires you, or you step down, or you're gone from, who is going to hire you? <laughs> FCS or a D two school? I mean, it has to be because no one would look at what he's done at Iowa. Absolutely not. Right. I mean, let's be honest. He's been there long enough. He can live off of his earnings for a while. Oh yeah, I would think. If so. not the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the exact details of his salary, but you would think right. if he's if he's invested well, he should be just just fine. So, man, right. what a life that guy I, lives. I cannot wait for Iowa to have averaged like twenty four point five five points <laughs> and they ask for you to round up. Oh, yeah. I wonder I wonder if it has to be twenty five or more or if it's like twenty four point six. And they're like, well, it counts as twenty five. Uh, it's, it's so bad. Yeah, he is not a good, uh, not a good offensive leader at all. Yeah. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for the first half of the podcast. We're going to take a break, come back, and look at Purdue taking down the Fighting Illini and keeping the cannon. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. So, as promised, Purdue comes away with a victory, 44-19 to over Illinois. Ryan, you and I both, in the last podcast, we did predict a Purdue victory. Uh, a reminder for those mm-hmm. who who have short-term memory loss or just didn't listen. And if you didn't listen, you know, shame on you. Uh, you missed a real banger of a podcast. So uh, I advise you to just go back and listen. Sure, it's stale because the game already happened, but, uh, you know, we got to pump those numbers up to, to go with Matthew McConaughey from The Wolf of Wall Street. So Watch that this weekend. Well, there you go. It's a great movie. Great movie. Yes. Um, so, Ryan, you picked Purdue to win 27-23. to 23. I mm-hmm. picked Purdue to win 24 to 21. So both of us actually pretty close with Iowa's score, but way off with Purdue. Um, you know, 44 points. Did not expect it. Did not see it coming. Purdue mm-hmm. looked great, especially in that third quarter where they rattled off 21 points. Um, the second half obviously was much better for Purdue than the first. Went into halftime up 16 to 13 after what I thought was some really bad clock management by Walters and staff. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the half, I mean, you know, you get the ball back, drive down, and you're hoping to score a touchdown, obviously, but you settle for a field goal, and you left so much time for Illinois, um, almost a minute, I believe. Uh, that allowed them then just kind of waltz down and get their own field goal. Um, really kind of took a lot of the momentum away from Purdue as we were hoping that they could do a two-for-one there at the end of the half. But um, what stood out to you about this game as far as difference that you saw on either offense or defense? Um, I would say at least on the offensive side of the ball, it was very well balanced. I mean, yes. they... Purdue had a, basically a three-headed monster in the backfield of um, Tracy, Maccabee, Downing. All three were used. All three got very nice yardage. and um, it All was, three had a touchdown. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, Purdue's rushing game, uh, average, or, eh, they averaged 4.2 yards a rush, which is good by itself. But they also had 189 rushing yards. Three guys rushed for over 30 yards. You're golden. Throw yeah. in Hudson Card, who did very well at quarterback. 217 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's Huge. key. Yeah. Um, and Purdue's offense was humming in this game. It primarily in the second half, but absolutely lovely. They had three. Um, just really long touchdown drives in this game um, where it's just, it was methodical. It went down the field. It was, you didn't dink or you kind of dinked and dunked, but you got yards every single play and it ended up in a touchdown. Yeah. And then they had an extra one as well. The sole blemish on the offense was a fumble. Oh yeah. So that was an 11 play 73 yard drive that ended in a fumble. And we just so had gotten to the this, red zone, too. So, I mean, it was literally, I believe, on right. the 20-yard line. Yes. 
he fumbled. Uh, Devin Mockaby fumbled on the twenty yard line, so it was right there. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it counts as a red zone failure because you didn't start the play inside right. the red zone. Right. But either way. So this score could have been even more lopsided because that could have been at least a 10-point swing because Illinois went and drove right down the field after that and scored their only touchdown of the first half. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I think it's worth pointing out, too, uh, for the Purdue rushing attack, you mentioned they had 189 yards. That Mm -hmm. includes, uh, you know, negative 20 yards for Hudson Card. So really, if you take out the quarterback, which... I, I still I don't like that they do that um, and add that to the rushing yeah. total. Um, Purdue actually rushed for 209 yards between the three running backs, and that is just yeah. fantastic. I mean, that is not something that we would have expected uh, last week, two weeks ago, really any time so far this season. And uh, I think it's worth talking about the trouble that Devin Mockaby continues to have holding on to the football. Yeah. Um, you know, lost another fumble this week, and he, he's just – he is not holding the ball. I mean, you, you can see it's not as if he's getting hit very hard or they're really going after the ball. It's that he does not have multiple points of contact on the football, and mm-hmm. it, is, it is causing him to just lose it. He's trying to get those extra yards, which we love. We, tr- we love him trying to you know hustle uh, and make the plays, but at a certain point, you really have to understand, if I do this extra work and I get an extra yard or two yards – is it going to be worth the greater chance that I do? And he's gotta yeah. he's gotta learn the situation a little bit better. Until then, I, I do think Purdue has to lean a little bit more on Tracy and Downing until he gets. Yeah, and I think they definitely have leaned on Tracy more. Yeah, I mean Tracy had the most rushes uh, by seven over Mockaby. Um and you're right. You hit the nail on the head that. It's when he fights for these extra yards is when he gets a little bit more loose with the ball. So in this example, he actually hit the ball on the knee of a defender and it just popped out. Right. Um, and um, it's it's deflating at times just because we we see how much effort he is trying to get down the field. But you have to have ball security. Yeah. You know, if, if you have to check up a little bit. You lose the battle, but you win the war. Right. So Yeah, that's a good um, way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one thing I do want to ask is, how much Madden does Tyrone Tracy play? Because, my goodness, this man was hitting the spin <laughs> button and the juke button all day well, it's, in this game. It's so funny you say that, because I have read a few articles uh, during this season, both about college coaches and NFL coaches, saying that some of these young guys who are head coaches now grew up playing Madden and they're coaching differently because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're playing it like it is a video game and they right. just coach different than, you know, someone who is only, you know, grew up with like Atari football or, you know, no video games at all. Who's in their fifties, sixties, yeah. uh, 70 years old, because you can just, you can see a difference in the aggressiveness. You can see them playing the percentages differently. Um, it, it's a really interesting phenomenon. But one one last thing on Devin Mockaby, I mm-hmm. I thought it was really really good uh, from Coach Walters that he did put him back in the game after giving him a little bit of time on the bench, and he gave him the right. ball and he allowed him to basically carry a drive there, and then he did have that touchdown. And 
I was really happy that he gave him that opportunity because Maccabee needs to know, we still believe in you. We still want you out there. But you got to understand these things have consequences. When you fumble, it hurts us. And so right. there's there are guys like Downing and Tracing who are, you know, we can we can plug them into this offense and get just as much success if not more. So you got to you got to fix this problem. You got to take advantage of the um, of these opportunities. And I thought giving him that chance to go back out there was a really good call by Walters. You don't want him yeah, absolutely. And in all honesty, having that depth that you mentioned, that's a good problem to have, but you don't want to use that as the, hey, it's not the end-all, be-all. We we need to have depth, but we need to have quality depth. Yeah. Um, so I think from the offense, there's not really much else to go on other than Hudson Card had a really good day. I thought he passed well and he timed his throws very well he actually had a couple deep balls where um he threw back shoulder to both um Yassine and Burks and both were beautiful balls mm, very good um like the the throws to like Garrett Miller where he's open in the seam it's great that he doesn't overthrow the, those, but it's like that's him doing his job yeah that's some, those are some those are the ones overthrow those yeah those are the ones you have to get Exactly. So, you know, we cannot take anything away from Hudson Card because he didn't miss those. But it's not like we're going to absolutely coddle him about those. Yeah, yeah. those are not the ones you fawn over a quarterback for. Right. But at the end of the day, no interceptions, which has been a weak point over the last couple weeks. And it's just... The offense looks so good at times in this second half that you th- knew that they were finally going to click, but you didn't think it was going to click like this, scoring those four touchdowns in the second half. Yeah. When you started, you were only up by six, and you won the game by 25. Like, this is the time when if you have an offense that starts clicking like this for four quarters, you're winning these games by 40. It is a great time for this offense to continue to build upon this. And the only problem is next week is Iowa. So it's great that they clicked before the very difficult defensive game. Right, right. But on the plus side, Iowa has a terrible offense, as we talked about in the first half. So uh, maybe right. it'll all balance out. But I don't. obviously we don't want to move on to Iowa yet. Um, yes. One thing that, that came out... Uh, during the game or, or right thereafter, is that both of the coordinators for Purdue were up in the booth for the first time this season. Um, yep. Offense and defensive coordinators were up there. And also, uh, it came out in the post game that Ryan Walters actually called the defense uh, for this mm. game, the first time he's done so this year. And <laughs> I'll be honest, doesn't really look good for Purdue's defensive coordinator. Right. Yeah, I, I know he said that that's how they had that set up from before. Um, with Kevin Kane in the booth at Illinois and Ryan Walters down on the sideline. So if that's what works, great. But, I mean, it's really not Ryan Walters' job to call the plays on defense. But if he has to, so be it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because so many coaches, both in the NFL and college, call the offense and we don't question it. Um, Right. But when a when a coach calls a defense, it does seem a bit strange. 
But mm-hmm. I guess they're just in this day and age, there just simply aren't as many coaches who are defensive focused and hired for their defense. But yeah, you know, either way, uh, Purdue, I thought their defensive effort was much, much better. They were just living in the backfield, um, yes. especially in that second half. Um, you know, it was really, it was really unfortunate that the, that the first game or first play from the game was Altmaier running for about 39 yards. Um, mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh no, not again. Uh, right. we really, really thought things were going to go south pretty quickly. Uh, but Purdue was able to lock it up, uh, quite, quite well. And I thought, um, um, Nick Scorton had a good game. Uh, Marquise Wilson had a good game, but of course, Kydron Jenkins was just making life uh, felt like a terror uh, in the yeah. backfield, even though he didn't have a ton of stats. Really felt like he was just always back there in the way. Yeah, honestly, I think if I had to give a game ball to anybody on the defense, it would first and foremost be Nick Scorton, just because the way Nick Scorton was getting in the backfield, he didn't get the tackles all the time, but he forced the Illinois. Uh, ball carrier or quarterback out so someone else could get a tackle. Um, the biggest example is when he absolutely just cut right through the offensive line on the fourth and one play for Illinois. Oh, yeah. And he didn't tackle the running back, but because he blew the entire play up, Yanni Karlaftis was able to come in and get the guy in the back. And that set up a touchdown drive. So, um, I would say uh, Nick Scorton had an incredible game. Like like Jenkins, the stats don't really tell all of the story. But um, considering uh, the two Illinois defenders uh, and all of the hype they got for the media, I think Scorton and Jenkins really were the effective ones. Yeah, yeah. And how about uh, calling up that corner blitz with Illinois down at the 12-yard line that just absolutely um, obliterated Illinois' quarterback, who for some reason decided to continue to run backwards, knowing the end zone is right there, resulted in him fumbling in the end zone, and then uh, Malik Langham just absolutely Mm -hmm. fell on the ball in the end zone for that touchdown. Um, Absolutely perfect. Can we we discuss how if Altmaier was able to spin... Like this, this was a discussion on uh, the threads today about it. That if Altmaier was able to spin and throw over the blitzing quarterback, it was a wide open thing. Like, there's a reason you blitz that cornerback because Altmaier is right handed. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not a, a college quarterback is not going to be able to spin on a dime and throw over a blitzing cornerback like that. It's not going to happen. Well, also, I mean... maybe the name is Williams. Yeah. I mean, also, a corner blitz is always a risk anyway. I mean, you have to then... You have to then shift your defense. You have to disguise the defense. You have to... Sometimes you send the corner late so as, you know, to disguise the blitz even more. But ultimately, you've got to find a way to shift someone over there, whether it be a linebacker, a safety, whatever you're doing. Um, So there is a risk if they if they, you know, spot it immediately, then you might be able to get it to your guy before the defense shifts over. But, of course, there's a there's a risk with any blitz. So to say, oh, if only he could have done this, well, yeah, that's the idea. You know, you're trying to uh, 
overpower the offensive line, prevent the blockers, send more than they can block, and confuse the quarterback. I mean, that's the whole point. Um, yeah. You know, if ifs and buts were cuts, we'd all have a married. Fair enough. Um, yeah, absolutely. Plus, Markevious Brown, if you watch the playback, was just jittering before that play. Like, you knew he was excited to get on this blitz. And it clearly worked. So, great play. And it really provided spark because in this first half, Purdue's offense didn't do that much early on. I mean, they had a long drive that ended with the fumble, like we mentioned, and then they had a touchdown drive. Um, but they their first drive ended in a punt, which was only because they had a false start on a fourth and one. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, boy, here we go again. Because you had... The Altmeyer play on the first play of the draw or game, you know they drove down, they got a field goal. You have a penalty on fourth and one, and then uh, you have to punt. So those two drives, you're thinking to yourself, "Here we go again." And then Markevious Brown gets the sack, fumble, and touchdown with Langham, and something flipped. You know Purdue didn't really get going again until then but the defense was incredible at times they forced two straight three and outs Mm -hmm. and then in the second half they forced essentially four straight three or four and outs you know the illinois defense had the ball for 15 plays over four drives and during that time period purdue went up to 37 to 13 so it was the defense who just absolutely stepped up and allowed nothing on the ground yeah. or in the air. And, and I think the most important stat, which is a complete 180 from what we saw last week. Third, yep. third down for Illinois, 2 for 13, and they started 0 for 10. Yes. I, I mean, absolutely just incredible. And they, they kept mentioning it on the broadcast. Uh, they were like, you know, Illinois 0 for, 0 for 6 so far on third down. And I was like, that can't be I just assumed they were, you know, me- messing something up. But then I got to think, oh my gosh, this is that's that's right. And then it just mm-hmm. kept building. And you know, they ended the game as I said, two for thirteen from third down, which I mean, that's the difference in the game um, from yeah. a defensive perspective. I mean, Purdue found a way to get off the field rather than allowing their opponent to just you know stay in the game and stay on the field. So it, it's it's incredible what a difference that can make. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny, actually, that Illinois was 0 for 2 on third down in their opening drive. They happened to just go for it on fourth down That's and right. get it. That's right, yeah. So they were 2 for 3 on the day on fourth down, so maybe they should have just gone for it a little bit more. That's right. Just go for it every but, time. That's another thing yeah, you can exactly. learn from Madden. But the thing was, it wasn't just Purdue was not just going or eliminating Illinois to the long third downs they were stopping them on third and short third yeah. and medium and third and long it did not matter um so it's like you finally stopped shooting yourself in the foot and look what happened yeah, and good things happen who knew good things happen who knew mm-hmm. who knew absolutely and all the while the offense went eight of 13 on third down yeah yeah so i don't understand with all of those numbers we just rattled off, how Purdue only had the ball for 30, a little under 32 minutes as opposed to 28 for Illinois. 
But, hey, you still won the time of possession. Yeah, yeah. Well, it helps, as you said, that Illinois was able to go two for three on fourth down. So they right. did extend the drives a couple times that way um, to hopefully, well, not hopefully, but, I mean, to help them with that time of possession a little bit. But, yeah, it was it was a, it was a strange game, not anything like we thought it was going for sure. So is there anything else that stands out? Otherwise, I want to talk about Peacock uh, before. <laughs> um. It was really nice to see Garrett Miller get in the end zone again. Yes, it was. Uh, I mean, he definitely deserves it. He's been battling back from injury this entire season so far. And, you know, for him to get a touchdown uh, up the seam, it was a beautiful play. Um, He just kind of evaded the entire defense. Um, It was great. Um, The other thing that I'd like to kind of give a shout out to is the offensive line. Hudson Card had a lot of time in the pocket today or well this weekend so the offensive line whatever it was it seemed to be better than the previous weeks clearly the rushing attack was really well done um but if that's the lineup we have to do moving forward so be it you know you gave up two sacks you know it happens but purdue got five so they won that by two and a half times. So yeah, yeah. Um, before I get to the Peacock, I did want to mention they did officially dedicate the Tiller Tunnel this weekend, and yep. um, Joe Tiller's wife uh, was there, Arnett, and I thought that was great. She, of course, for those that don't know, was the originator uh, of Boiler Up. It was her idea, um, mm. created the phrase, and kind of helped popularize it at Purdue football games, and of course all throughout camp. It, it was it was her. Uh, her brain who came up with that one. So we'll always owe a debt to Arnett Tiller. Um, it was very, I think, sort of fitting and beautiful that the Tiller Tunnel was dedicated six years to the day um, after Joe Tiller died, which, you know, it really doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, but um, I, I guess, you know, it, it goes by fast. So I was really, really excited um, that that happened and, and that some former players and you know, friends of the Tillers were able to be there, so I was very happy. Um, I really look forward to seeing that when I go to a game in uh, November. But mm-hmm. lastly, uh, we both watched the game on TV. What did you think of the the process of watching a Peacock this week? I mean, I <laughs> I was born in '97. I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> I'm used to these things. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, I think their announcers could be a bit better. Yes, they could. I thought so too. But you know what? Peacock is a newer thing. It's not like you're going to be... It's not like you're a CBS or a Fox announcer. Yeah. You're not going to have that talent in yet. Yeah. Yeah, they're building so, it. They're building it. Exactly. I mean, think about how much money they're going to get moving forward from having all of these games on Peacock. So... Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was it was a decent enough game. Uh, pro, or... Um, a decent enough production. I thought the score bug is really good. It's not too crowded. It's not um, too flashy or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I really appreciated that there were, that uh, people were complaining online about it being dark, but I didn't notice that. I didn't uh, either. But I was like, well, it's a three thirty game. There's like shadows, and um, you know they they eventually get the lights on. So I don't know if maybe. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention or if people need to fix their TV. Uh, but they were complaining about it being dark. I didn't really see that in particular. Um, the camera work was a little shaky at times, but 
uh, you'll have that on on most most productions. So I don't I don't fault Peacock for that too much. But overall, I mean, <laughs> for for the first Big Ten game I've watched on there, I thought it went really well. I would I would hope that the announcers could because you are right. I did not think they did such a great job. But overall, you know, I'll take it. Purdue, of course, had their own problems with the clock and everything else, so uh, yeah. they got to get that figured out. Uh, now we've had that in football and basketball. Yep. So speaking of production, a um, little bit off topic. What did you think of the Toy Story cast for the NFL this morning? It was weird. It was very weird. I I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, I was on the train heading into uh, DC uh, for the afternoon. Um, my mm-hmm. son really wanted to go on a train ride, so we took the train in. Uh, so I pulled it up on my phone, and it looked really buggy. Like, yeah, th- they used the the claw to put the football down, like to spot it, and then they put the football down, and then instead of the football staying down, it like glitched and slid all the way across the field into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it was. I don't. You know what? I know it was for kids. I'm sure kids really enjoyed it seeing Toy Story, but that technology's not there yet. I am on board with the Nickelodeon. Oh, the, cast sli- the slime game? Where they get slimed. You know what? That's fine. Put a little bit of that kind of stuff. I don't think you have the technology quite yet to be able to do the full Andy's Room, let's recreate the players in Toy Story animation quite yet. Yeah. They, you know, they. It was all on Disney Plus, and it's still on there. Like you can go in there and you can rewatch it. Maybe tomorrow oh. while I'm at work, I'll put it on just so I can watch a little. But yeah, it definitely looked a bit weird. The few minutes. Watch that Duke Kaboom halftime show. I, I, did you watch the Duke Kaboom halftime show? That is really one of the only reasons I watched that game. Was it actually voiced by Keanu Reeves? I don't think. No. Well, there. It was the announcers announcing a Duke okay. Kaboom jump. Okay, so it wasn't like he was on there talking. Because I was like, yeah. that is Keanu Reeves. That would be very pricey to just do for this random Disney Plus thing. Yeah. And, well, it was it was interesting. Um, I'm, I wonder what the next type of broadcast they would do. Because I would assume it's the same exact te- technology. Yeah. So, what, do what it a- in, like, The Incredibles. Make them superheroes. Yeah. Well... Dash would be really good in a football game. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'd take him number one in my draft. Mm. So, all right, who, Purdue, as you said, next week we've got the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, yep. This one is in Iowa City. This is, again, on Peacock. Everybody prepare for complaining. This one also a pretty kickoff. So kind of same bat time, same bat channel for next week. Ryan will be back uh, middle of the week to talk about that one. Till next time, folks, boiler up. Hammer down. Hammer down.